and that's kind of like what I was saying. Like, I see it all coming together. I see all these, like, everything's coming about ideas, man. Even that's what I'm realizing. That's all this, that's all work is anymore. Everyone, people just working together, like this whole work from home thing and all that sort of stuff. They're just like, people are just realizing it's all about ideas and people are just like realizing that these ideas are spreading quickly and things, things are taking off, man. Um, and I think I just like, I think I've been in a bit of a slumber for a while and something, I don't know what it is, man, but something is just like woken in me. Hey? And it's just like, I'm realizing it sort of has been awaking for a while, but today was just like something different for me. And I've realized that like people are seeing it in me and they're like, connecting with me like i'm having these weird things where people just look into my eyes for a long time like they're like looking for something like what is this guy got they're like trying to like see it you know and i'll just hold the i'll just hold it you know it's uh, you maybe you can explain these things more than me like i I don't know i don't really understand it but like all i'm trying to do is just to like just i don't know just add to people you know what i mean and it's just like creating these crazy ripple effects same and yeah, man, I, I don't know. Hey, I don't know where where it's all going, but like, yeah, it seems like uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of work to be done, isn't there? And I think it's easy to get overwhelmed in it, um, but I think um, it's just like taking it all in is pretty um, it's pretty unbelievable. Hey, there's a lot happening, and mm. it's like we had a conversation a while ago that inspired this podcast where we realized that ideas are a very, very valuable commodity and probably the most underrated commodity there is because we like tangible physical things. We like to go, Oh, that's a product or a service. We can make money from that. But ideas have the ability to shape the world because everything starts with an idea. And what I think this discussion brings is a lot of revelatory ideas, ideas that um, and not necessarily regurgitated. And in many ways, we do regurgitate and recycle ideas and build on them for, that we hear from other people. But there are many uh, ideas that seem to come from thin air and our discussions help bring them out. And I think that's the powerful thing that this podcast provides for you and I. And if that benefits anyone else's life, we, we, we've already won with the fact that it benefits the two of us. Uh, and anything, mm. is the, anything else is the gravy on top of the potatoes. Yeah, that's it. Hey, it's all, it's all about the ideas, isn't it? So like what, 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 what ideas are you floating around in your head today? If your head was like a stew and there's like some like common ingredient ideas that are like floating around there, you're mixing around. What, what are they for you? I'm interested to see where society heads. I'm in a position at the moment where I'm working full time on my passion projects. And that's a very interesting place to be in full time. My time goes just to what I want to do. As I continue What's to do that, that like? it's great because they develop, especially I'm disciplined. I'm really working. I'm working hard. Mm-hmm. I'm working all day. And because of the environmental situation, I'm working every day. And rarely am I complaining. I use walking and music and rhythm, the rhythm between the two to get started in the morning and get in my zone. Sometimes I can be a little bit grouchy or a bit slow out of bed, but sometimes I'm a bit more limber. Um, And then I get to it and I work all day, but they're projects that I love doing. I'm working on five different projects at the moment, all in the media sphere. And um, as well as trying to find a house. So between all of that, I am 
busy, I'm loving it, I'm enjoying it, I'm growing. And I can't help but feel that because I'm developing my skill set at such an exponential rate, I feel like you develop your skills very quickly when you're doing something that you are passionate about and you're interested about. It's the quickest way to learn. So because I'm learning so quickly, I'm able to showcase my value uh, in a way that is perhaps different to if I was working a job that I wasn't particularly enjoying because I wouldn't be particularly growing and I wouldn't be able to show what I'm doing. And if I was showing what I was doing, it may not be to the level that I feel inspired enough to share it on a level where it can reach a lot of people. I think we're entering a new world where if an idea gets so much traction, it becomes a status quo and you create your own job. So I'm interested in the idea of creating your own job through utilizing your time effectively and building what you're passionate about and being bullish with your ideas as well, knowing their worth and sticking by them and going with them. That's not, the not that's selling the yourself short, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the most powerful thing you can do. As a, and, and you've, you've won when you've done that, you are already in the zone and eventually people are going to notice what you're doing because of the amount of passion that's coming out of it. That passion is akin to like this energy that people are fascinated by. Like, the, like you say, when people are looking in your eyes for a long time, they're trying to figure out what is it that you've got? Well, you've got something that mm. everyone else has got, but you're actually using it. And it's this like inspiration or in spirit, as I call it, when you're in this flow state and people basically want to know how to tap into that. And through you, they're getting a glimpse into the doors of perception of being inspired and we all want to be inspired. So the best thing we can do to service others is to be inspired through what we're doing so that we can share that energy of other people and create a ripple effect so that other people can be inspired as well. If they so choose. Yeah, I'm hearing you. And for me, it's like, for me, the feeling that I get where, I don't know, I kind of feel like I, I have these ideas that I've sort of spoke about in my podcast. I want to meet Nikola Tesla podcast. And it's like, I haven't really spoke much about Nikola Tesla, but the ideas that I kind of really was like found that I'm most passionate about through that whole experience is one, the carnivore diet. And this is just me personally, because that helped me personally. It's not like a, it's not like a dogma or anything to claim yeah. sovereignty over my own health. And then I'm really interested in, in, in this new, whatever you want to call it. I call it Bitcoin because um, I think that gives you sovereignty over your own finances. And then I'm just like, I, I don't know, that's like my foundation. And then like wherever else the universe takes me, it takes me. And then I just sort of go with it. Hey, and like the people I encounter, I, I've, I've talked about, I've talked about this idea before that it costs you nothing to be nice to people. And, um, the doors that opens for you is incredible. So what are the ideas that have uh, captivated you this morning to a point where it's caused you to take a day off to, to research and to, to get Chill out, to go for a walk along the beach. Hey, it's just like, um, yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of like, it's just like a rush of emotions. Really. My experience today. Hey, I, I, I don't know what to, call it i think maybe i'm like like i'm sort of like it's kind of like we all kind of like like i i kind of feel like it's like um it's just like a rush of emotions hey and i genuinely actually don't have any words for it hey but it's a mostly positive feeling it's almost like um i can kind of see like this new renaissance i'm gonna call it um we're just on the precipice of it of like uh create 
creativity and new ideas. And it's like, I have no idea where that's going to take us. I just, I just know I'm going to be involved and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited, but yeah. What is this Renaissance? Just, what does this Renaissance look like to you? Cause I feel it too. I just want to see if our yeah, ideas. I, I don't know how to, ex- I don't know how to explain it really. Um, I think people, I think people have a lot of untapped potential and I think once we start using a little bit more of people's potential, like the progress we can make as like a species can potentially go exponential. Yep. Some people might com- com- compare it to something like uh, like a boom period of like, I don't know, like, uh, um, like any sort of historical booming period, like maybe one that is like good to use is like, that's why they um like after world war Two, there was like a lot of rebuilding and a lot of like you know there was sort of like a new sort of like uh kind of like an epoch maybe like another another good one the best sort of the word renaissance is like it comes from italy doesn't it like and that was like a period when like people sort of like the church was very like in control of say science and and stuff but then there was like a period where people just left those sort of ideas behind mm. and then started exploring new things. And it was mm. just like, they didn't know they were going through a Renaissance at the time. No, they didn't. But like, they, sort, they sort of realized and like things just like exploded and other people's ideas built up on other people's ideas. And it's just sort of crazy. And yeah, um, that's probably like the best way I can, um, I can, I can kind of explain it. Um, also yeah it's also like people like nikola tesla i mean i just saw like this photo i'll put it up um i just sent it to you like um like a minute ago but like the idea is is this guy like no one really knows about him but that's kind of like why i wanted to that's going to be like what i'm going to my my more personal project you know that i want to meet nikola tesla podcast is like just how can we kind of like understand like this human being more um because I think there's like, there is some like great minds that like just push humanity forward. Like, and I think he was one of them. Um, and I think there might be, there might be like, who knows who, you know, another person I'm fascinated with is who, who is Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous person that created Bitcoin. Um, I don't know, but I think it doesn't matter in some ways. It's the, it's their ideas that we use and it propels us forward, isn't it? It's like, doesn't really matter. Like we, we sort of hear like, there's all this folklore around Nikola Tesla. I don't know. He fell in love with a pigeon before he died. And like, um, he was lonely. He was a virgin his whole life. He wasn't interested in, in any relationships. Um, that sort of stuff is interesting to sort of think about why, what, 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 like, just to like, Oh, he was friends with Mark Twain and stuff like that. Um, I, I know some things like he was invited to a lot of dinner parties, like with a lot of powerful, famous people, like the likes of JP Morgan and such. He's the guy that financed the... the um, Free Energy Tower, the, was it? Or was that the Rockefeller? Yeah, yeah, the Wardenclyffe Tower. But so I feel like, you know, and he's a man that died alone in his... Um, in a hotel room. Um I'm pretty sure like the rumor is that JP Morgan was just like paying the bill for that. Like, cause he was broke. Um, and it, to me, it feels like he, he knew something. Um, cause he didn't really care about like, I don't know, the, 
the wealth or like the effect of in his lifetime he sort of like he was like um i'll be remembered in the future for what for what i did like let time like let time um we'll see whose ideas stand the test of time and who who's who's don't and yeah so that that's kind of like the path i i went on i was kind of like really inspired by his energy and then i thought uh all right what about my energy what do i attract what ideas do i attract and for me it was like for me where i got to with i'm calling season one of the podcast is um i got to the point of the carnivore diet so for me that's like a simple idea in a lot of ways that pretty much breaks the paradigm of a lot of medical thinking and the second one is bitcoin which also it can sound pretty complex and all that, but it's also a pretty relatively simple idea that just breaks the paradigm of maybe the current way people think about finance. And yeah, like who's to say, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what the future is for the carnivore diet or for Bitcoin or whatever. To me, I'm just attracted to these ideas. That's probably what I'm attracted to. So yeah. What about, what about what about you? What are you, what ideas are you excited about? And yeah, what what how could I even better explain to you why I'm excited about these ideas? Well, I think we should talk about the economy. Okay, the economy. The economy. That that's What's what that I, word mean. <laughs> good question. Uh, yeah. To me, when I'm speaking about the economy, I'm referring to our environment in terms of how it functions. So we use money as a lubricant for energy so that goods and services can be traded for trade. It's like our middleman. And I have this exciting feeling, call it Renaissance 2.0. And I love what you said about how um, as the Renaissance began, they weren't calling it a Renaissance. It it reminds me of um, in in cinema they had uh, in France, all of the critics in the 1950s rose up against the filmmakers in France and uh, chastised them for being too Hollywood-esque. And um, so what happened was they started making their own films, these critics, and these critics had no uh, formal training as filmmakers. And um, this began the French New Wave, which is what it's known as now. But at the time, it wouldn't have been called the French New Wave, probably. Maybe it would have, but... um, it wouldn't. It, it would have felt like in the moment that like this is happening, you wouldn't be looking back on it from a historic point of view. It's just like the unfolding and the awakening. And to me, this moment feels the same because if you and I are reaching peak energy and peak inspiration, when I say peak, I mean not necessarily our full potential, but the peak that we are experiencing now at 27 years old is higher than say when we were 18 or 19 or 20 or even when we were kids if we're reaching what has been so far in our lifetimes peak energy where is that going and if enough people elevate their level to that level and when people are living inspired day to day what does that world look like because to me most of us are working for a wage at the moment not necessarily loving basically if i just take a sample of the people around me i would say I'd be surprised if 10% of the people that I know love their job. There's probably some that like it, but a lot of people... It's a bit harsh. It's a bit hard, isn't it? Because, like, I I get where you're sort of coming from. This, 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 
this a lot of this stuff that you're sort of talking about it sparks up like a lot of ideas for me especially when you start talking about questioning what is the economy what does that word mean what is money you kind of said it's kind of like this thing like uh and what i would kind of like 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 i can't remember what exact description you used for money but i i for me i would kind of i kind of think of it as like a yardstick right that we use to measure effort right and um i think when you're saying sort of thing with like all these like people who don't like their jobs is it's like um well there's something that they're not in like uh they're not they don't feel like i think we all feel good when we contribute in some way and we all want to That's but right. i think it's the fact that people kind of feel like they don't know how to really contribute to their full potential and i think a lot of the way this current way things are it's kind of like well you were kind of saying it's like i think we're sort of short approaching and this is something that i kind of say a lot but like i don't really know how to explain it so if if it doesn't make sense i i'll understand and like just speaking from the perspective of australia the place where we currently live in right now um the government is essentially just paying a lot of businesses free money so they can pass on to their workers um just to i don't know whatever to keep things going um mm -hmm. so i mean of course you're probably not going to feel too great if you kind of feel like what like this job i've been doing for the past five to ten years or like i just didn't have to do it it was like, arbitrary me like yeah. yeah you're just like here take give it to me like, anyway. all, every, everything goes everything just works now the shops are still working people are still buying like their stuff there um yeah and it's just like i don't know seems like things are still working on your end of the on the continent where you know there's some sort of harsh measures that you have to live under um but yeah it's kind of like what does all this stuff mean what does what does money really mean within the context of all this what does the economy mean with all the, within the context of all this no i'm not question? surely and i, I think wanna... maybe that's a question everyone's asking themselves yeah sure go for yeah, it yeah i want to ask a question here for to it out loud for the both of us to think about why are we waiting for the government to give us jobs as opposed to creating our own jobs that's a question yeah, for the, each each of us i think you know what my answer to that question is something that just comes to the top of my head you Go. can print more money but you can't print jobs if that Correct. makes sense i i actually think that we've become we've entered a codependent relationship with the government because we blame the government a lot but the government is us we have to realize that mm. and we're, we're as yes good, you're as good as you get and you, you know you exactly get you get what you give <laughs> and we are yep. all um clearly when i look at the government i just go like I guess we're speaking about the Australian <laughs> government and this this yeah. I have other questions for you Lee about our government and stuff so there's this whole concept within Australia there's this thing called the commonwealth I'm sure you've heard that word before yeah. so you tell me what, what what do you what does that word mean to you when you hear it so that we've kind of got what's the difference between the Australian government and the commonwealth for example I don't think there is a difference Nick but I think the what there's a bit of there's a paint job that gets slapped on Australia the paint job is a yeah, we're pretty how you going. Like we like a Barbie and we like yeah, it's, it's hot where we live and oh don't go too far in the outback, there's spiders, ha ha ha. And there's a few things that we can all just kind of agree on and have a little chuckle about. That's Australia. It's a paint job. It's not the chassis, it's not the body of the vehicle, you know. The body of the vehicle is the Commonwealth. We are little America, little Britain, however you want to look at it. And we do as they say 
Um, it could ultimately be down to the fact that China could just come in and say hello at any time and, you know, we could become a Chinese establishment if, if it wasn't for America and, you know, Britain and the interests there. Um, that probably is what keeps Australia because we don't have a strong so, military. Lee, do you think that maybe currently what's going on in Australia maybe, um, maybe is one way to describe it is an identity crisis? Like a That's collective identity a crisis? question because it sounds like you're sort of grasping at straws here to kind of try and answer what 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 is this sort of like collective identity that we have that we call ourselves as australians i feel like we're okay we're gonna be okay we're not gonna be ripping our hair out and you know like go speed dating but i think we are we are in the process of evolving who we are and it feels like we're watching america who are in a way, like some weird kind of way, are our forefathers, even though more accurately Britain is our forefathers, but it's like we are probably more of a product but of isn't America. The, isn't than the Britain. forefathers of, of, of America Britain in a way? Exactly. So, mm. if so, fact, so, you know, they're one and the same. So, I just think we take more from American culture than British culture, and you can look no further than the media. I mean, sure, we probably watch shows like The Office and Peep Show, and, and, uh, and in between, it's like a lot of Australians know those shows, which are English comedies and stuff like that. And um, But what specifically possibly binds us together is our common language, right? Yeah. And I, English I, language, right? All these countries we speak, the English language, right? And go on. We're very similar to America and Britain, so... We identify with them, but um, our history is, you know, having indigenous blood on the hands of white people within the last 100 to 150 years. Um, so this is something right. that comes up. It's the elephant this in is the like, room. This is something that comes up a lot, you see. And see, so, for something like this, I also there's also this idea, right, that I feel like, um, I don't know if, I don't know how people will perceive this, but I think that, like, it's a bit ridiculous for me to tell you, you need it. Like you should feel guilt as you, as a person for something that your ancestors may or may not have been involved with. Um, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, and like, I don't know. I understand that this like Aboriginal, like whole thing, it's a big issue here. Right. But then that also ties into this idea with the government as well. And all like, sort of like all this sort of help, help is this sort of word that I'll put in quotation marks that need to be given to, to, I don't know, we'll call them these people. Like, cause it's weird in Australia. I think for people that aren't in Australia, like and Australians will come know what we're talking about when you come across this, whenever you're sort of dealing with any sort of government institution or even public, if you go back to your public school days, when you're doing the, the sort of, uh, these like national tests that they will give out or state tests. They're always very interested to know, are you Torres Strait Islanders? Or, so what about these Torres Strait Islanders? No one talks about them, man. Like who are they? Where are they? I don't know. <laughs> and I've been asked at least 55 times from the ages of 12 to 17, if I'm a Torres Strait Islander and no, I'm not uh, black. Whereas, I think 2% of the population in Australia is indigenous. So I think there's less of a voice, but what was occurring to me while we were talking is, have we ever asked indigenous people what they want? Kevin Rudd said, sorry. And I, I, you know, I appreciated the fact that he did that. I don't think it meant much, but maybe it did to some people, but you know, I can't, I can't fault the guy. I can't fault the guy at all for saying that. 
Um, but at the same time, it kind of felt like, sorry, but, and we'll give you a bunch of taxpayers money, but that's, that's it. And I think I always remember the underlying racism that I picked up on in high school because I moved, I immigrated from Britain when I was 12 to Australia. So I barely even knew what in, an indigenous person was. So I got a very tiny bit of education on it in primary school. And then, you know, you slowly gather a consensus through the people around you, what, what people think about indigenous people and a lot of the white middle class, upper middle class, the kind of impression I got was that, um, they don't, they don't do a lot and they, um, you know, they take taxpayers money and they take drugs. Yeah, can, and, I, and, can, and, I, can I, can I, can I interrupt yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Go ahead. Cause like, I think that the best way to do it is for us. Cause like, there's sort of like these common, like, I don't know, tropes about like, about, um, about racism. Right. And like, I don't know, I think a big story is, is that in Australia, we had this cheese that was called coon cheese and we changed the name of that because that might've been like, uh, that, I don't know, that's helping solve the issue somehow, apparently. But anyway, I don't want to get caught up in that. Like that's where like a lot of the freaking hype is right about these sort of things. But I think it's interesting because like you're talking about personal stories. If we kind of try and, because I feel like we're getting, we're getting kind of caught up in a lot of these political things. And I think what's important with these things is to use your I statements, your I sort of I words. And I really like what you said, where you're like, I came here from, from um, England and I, uh, you know, then I noticed that people were talking about this other group of people in a certain way. That's your, that's what happened to you. Right. And like, I can't, like, I can't say that's racist or not. That's just what happened to you. It's an observation. And yeah. Yeah. And my, my story is a little bit different because I grew up in small country towns in New South Wales and I, I, I had friends, my friends were Aboriginals, but within this context, it was like, half the school was Aboriginal. I mean, I remember I had a friend who was white. His mum was white. His dad was Aboriginal. He was kind of like, you know, and here we are to talking about what colour he is and what does that matter and all that. Yeah. And like, yeah. And then I sort of, yeah, I sort of grew up in that. And then I kind of just, I moved to, you know, the big smoke, the big city in the Western Australia. Um, and you know that that sounds more like a state of WA of of Australia, Western Australia. I mean, what the hell is New South Wales, right? Um, um, and <laughs> um, yeah, I came here and like yeah, I kind of noticed the same sort of thing, like that you're sort of ta- talking about. But like I, I like I don't know. It was like different mm. for me to compartmentalize than you because you probably never met um, an Aboriginal person. Not you just many. Hearing all these Not sort many. of horrible things. So this kind of shows the big picture that it's so dependent on the radius um, that you're in. Whereas I was in, you know, a very white part of Australia, like um, lots of South Africans, Kiwis, Australians, British, Irish. And um, that was the kind of um, opinion, you know, uh, some people had more of an inclusive mindset. Some people had a bit more of a disdain and a bit more of a, probably more of a subconscious superiority mindset, but no, nevertheless, a superiority, superiority mind set, you know, towards their situation and indigenous people. But we have never asked publicly, as far as I know, how do you feel collectively as indigenous people? And 
is there anything that you want? Is there anything that you would like? I How think, can we I move think, forward harmoniously? Yeah, all right. So I think I think the, the 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 thing that is like sort of like as a collective to ask that question to another collective, I think the scariest thing would be if they just said nothing. I and think that's like no. Totally like imagine if they're like, look, we're chill, you're chill, like let's just all hang out here. Like if, that's, right if now, that happens, then that's great. You know, that's how everything feels. But um, I don't know. This is the thing. I don't know until I ask that question. And I've been having this conversation. Well, yeah, and I, I don't know either. Me sort of proposing that that might be a possible solution is like, don't, don't take my, don't take my, um, don't take my word for it. But hey, all this talk about like color and like ethnicity and like all this kind of remembers me of a Kendrick Lamar song where it's like where are you from where your grandma stay you know like and I think like collectively like that's where we're at as a society right because if you just walk out the door some someone in a uniform is gonna like ask you that and then they're just gonna be like oh but I'm just trying to do my job right yeah exactly yeah so this has like somehow become the number one conversation on the planet right now. And it's kind of funny that it's become the number one conversation on the planet because I feel that there's so much evidence. There's so many examples where race is transcended and there is a, a knowingness of similarity between us all. Every day when you look, you see black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, indigenous people, all the above, cooperating, combining, sharing minds, sharing discussion, sharing skill sets, working together as a team, as a human family to progress, to move forward. There are other examples where that's not happening. The news definitely cherry picks the ones that, where that's not happening and shows virtually none of the ones where there is progress and collaboration. So again, we're getting shown a narrative here and I'm wondering, is it the most accurate narrative? You know, is it, a, I think it's a one-sided rather than a multi-perspectival narrative. So I kind of draw attention to that just to show why do you only ever see one side in the news? Is it a distraction to other things that are going on? Quite possibly. What is the most exciting idea for me? I think the idea that there could be a change in our current infrastructure in the near future. If we reach a critical mass of people who are inspired on a day-to-day -day basis through doing what they love, through law of attraction, if you give out a lot of energy, you receive a lot of energy. I think we've all been timid and meek and scared that if we don't follow the rules and, and get you know, or gratefully accept words. or gratefully accept one of the government jobs that has been provided to us. If we don't compete like koi in a pond when the little bit of food gets dropped in, uh, if we don't compete and gratefully accept one of those jobs, we're gonna be without money, without. I'm know. hearing you because it's like maybe, maybe this is the maybe this is the reason why I'm becoming so excited is because maybe I'm starting to feel like maybe we can all look at each other and understand each other in a different way. I think so. And I think it goes back to like our kind of mantra that you and I always come up with together is if you look after your own garden, you know, you can help other people tend to their gardens, but it always starts with your garden. So if you're inspired every single day and your output is, um, you know, inspiring you, you share it with others and people get to tap in and 
telepathically connect to that energy, that frequency. And as we do that together, we lift up from states of fear and lack and poverty, because even though a lot of us are middle class or upper middle class, you know, we still live in poverty, a poverty mindset because we're trying to get what's mm. mine rather than share yeah. and collaborate. So what do you that, think about the idea that money is a mindset? Well, I heard a really interesting idea that money has a frequency and you can tap into the frequency, you know, like three point two four you know hertz and that you will actually stream into it and and i heard that and i thought fuck yeah like i can't argue with that and it is a mindset because if you can visualize and you can allow it to come into you you know there are incredible stories of how people receive things so i think it's where is it on your priority you know at the moment i have priorities that are higher than money but it's not to say i don't value and appreciate money but if i set my dial towards money and that was like my number one goal for attainment you know i know that i would immerse myself in that world and all the ideas and the cooperative components would lay before me as i walk the path towards receiving more money when you understand that the multiverse is everywhere and everything and that anything that is conceivable exists right now you've just got to step into that zone that part of the multiverse and through your mind your mind is a receiver and it can receive coordinates for the multiverse so when you can visualize and imagine something that's you basically picking up on coordinates you hold those coordinates and then you travel towards that place so this is how we manifest everything day to day day in day out so when you want to when you can feel the tangibility of that wealth you're basically in the coordinates where that version of you has it and then it's already it's already alive. So that means you know how to get there. Like, like, like I, I kind of get what you're saying and let, let's dial it back a little bit. Cause it kind of like, kind of feels like you're talking about Rick and Morty. It kind of feels like I can relate to some of that. Um, Cause that's like some of the feelings I felt this morning, really good emotions is basically, you know, you know, you feel like, Oh, we're going to like, you know, basically you're going to make it. My friends are going to make it. We're all going to make it. Like, and it's like, um, Lately, for, for whatever reason, I feel like, you know, like just to sort of sum up this like um, conversation is like we we've kind of like I feel like we've like really let ourselves go in sort of like what I'm going to call not policing our thoughts and our speech. Like I feel like I've done with you just now to a way greater extent than I'm able to do with a lot of other people. And that, 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 that sort of gives me these sort of feelings. I sort of feel like I can breathe. I sort of feel like, well, maybe, you know, a lot of other people want to get to this like point of like, I'm going to call it intimacy. I think we all are yearning for intimacy and to contribute in some way. And I think the current, like whatever we want to call it, like the current, let's call it the current paradigm just isn't letting, just isn't letting us do that as human beings. So I think that I'm feeling maybe this is a better way to sort of explain what I mean by the emotions that I'm feeling is like, I, I'm starting to feel like it's like it's overflowing. We're getting to this like uh, threshold, right? And it's just going to like, it's just going to go and like people aren't going to really look back, you know? And that's like, you know, it goes back to like, you know, I sort of, I'm sort of envisioning these modern day, modern day gold rushes sort of happen. Like, um, uh, you know, towns like Kalgoorlie were built on, on, on like a gold rush, right? Um, a lot of people were attracted there. To, to um to dig up gold right and i sort of think um and then these city city was built sort of thing there so i sort of think something similar to that 
is going to happen, but maybe with a more intangible way, like we were sort of talking about, like um, ideas are, are kind of like a new commodity. And um, I sort of feel like uh, that, that that is going to like change the way we look at things and change how we value our time and um, how we connect with other people. Please go into further detail about the messages we were sending earlier to each other about this bull market that you foresee. Yeah, see, this is where I don't, yeah, I, I see. I sort of like, I don't like, I don't want to give any financial advice. I don't think anyone should listen to me because I have uh, no idea what I'm talking about. All right, there's the disclaimer. There's the disclaimer. Money. So now you can say whatever basically, you Basically, yeah, I basically feel like um, this, this technology, let's just call it cryptocurrency, whatever, you know, some of us call it Bitcoin. There's all these other coins in there. There's all this sort of stuff. And like, um, it's like, we don't really know what it is. Um, a lot of people like are going to try it. Like, you know, there's, there's some good ideas then to follow then within the context of, um, of, uh, of just like the history of money. I mean, there's a lot to sort of like research. Um, but for me, you know, we can sort of look at history and maybe how like people used to use like uh, seashells and stuff as currency before we sort of found like that maybe gold or something would be good. Mm. And like how a lot of currency, basically it was used as a way to sort of like pass down wealth from one generation to another. And it's sort of like, you can kind of like see, well, that's sort of like how we've used money for a while. And it's kind of like evolved to what we've got to here. And I think, now basically like you can call it like a bull market you can call it whatever like uh these these sort of this technology has sort of been with us for 10 years so like bitcoin as an idea first came out in like 2008 um and yeah it's sort of been around for a while and it's been chugging along um and you know that's given birth to a whole other bunch of ideas i mean it's it's all just a big wild um experiment and i think it's kind of just gone unnoticed for a while and i sort of i sort of see now imagining people now a lot of people sitting at home a lot of people maybe got different ideas a lot of people have a lot of potential right and um and i'm not just talking about us in the first world here i'm also talking yeah about yeah yeah world. everywhere everywhere and, um, yeah i just think you know and like a lot of people are like coming online like these are all just like um you know, just thoughts and my ramblings, like this whole idea of like, you know, putting all these satellites up in state space and connecting pretty much everyone on earth, giving them like ability to connect to the internet. Um, and these are sort of ideas that like Tesla talked about a lot, like the point, the idea that, you know, um, people could, um, people, you know, the world sort of becomes a global village. It sort of has, but it's sort of like compartmentalized where, you know, like there's sort of like some gates to some part of the, part of the global village. And that is like Facebook or YouTube. And like they've sort of taken it upon themselves to decide what's acceptable uh, ways of thinking in this village and what isn't. And I just sort of like the way I just sort of see is like this, there's all this energy sort of coming and like the, it's just like all this energy is going to overflow into these, what I'm going to call cryptocurrencies or whatever. And that's, what's going to enable people to, um, 
to to transact and to share their ideas, you know, because we need to have this measuring yardstick. If you're going to be working with someone from Senegal, you need to pay him for whatever he did that he contributed to your movie, you know? So you think um, as more, the more that the world gets interconnected through the internet, it is, it makes sense that, because I'm trying to feel where the gap is between you and I, because I've invested in Bitcoin very little at the moment. And I'm more and more and more and more and more interested in it every day. But I'm sitting here wondering, is this going to take off? Whereas when I converse with you, it seems like there's no doubt in your mind that it will. So I'm trying to discern where that irreverent, where that com- feeling where that irreverent confidence that you possess about cryptocurrency comes from so that I mm. too can understand that and not necessarily buy into it, but sh- like, let's no, sh- you let's see, this is the thing where... Yeah, Um, it's kind of like interesting, isn't it? This exchange we're having now, because it's also I'm also trying to say that um, it's like this might sound lame, but it's like it's not just about money. And what I think we're going to be entering now is like, uh, you know, humans. um, And I, I don't think like this is just part of human nature, I believe we're greedy. So we want, um, you know, if you find a way to, um, uh, you know, fucking accumulate some sort of wealth and that will improve your life in the future. Why would you not do that, right? Um, and I sort of think that, you know, we're going to pass now through some sort of experimental phase with this technology because it's, like, pretty powerful. Um, and pretty much anyone can basically sp- think of an idea. Um, that's basically what an idea is, right? Um uh like and think about like a stock exchange right like a stock that gets on the stock exchange like something like apple or tesla or or facebook or netflix or any of these major things that are traded on these like stock exchanges um that all starts from an idea right then there's sort of like to get your idea on the stock exchange you only pay money or there's some sort of like central authority that tells you these are the rules that you need to get into to get here right and i'm sure there's a lot of good reasons why we need a like have those sort of like rules, right? Like there's a lot of regulation and a lot of that stuff. But what I'm seeing is possible now with this new technology is like, if you have a good enough idea, you could just potentially create like a, a an Ethereum token. Like, let's just use that word. And you could trade it on a decentralized exchange. I mean, this is something that is technologically possible right now, but, um, it isn't like it hasn't socially caught on yet. I, I don't know how it's going to catch on socially, but yeah. I think there's there's a yearning for that. Like, call it what you will. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea how it's all going to play out. I, I, I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of people sitting at home and, um, you know, this is a new thing. Um, it's been It's been in the works and it's been building from different ideas for, like, well over a decade and if you think about the ideas that bitcoin was built on was built on from cryptography and computer science and their ideas that were you know people have been working on through like the 80s 90s like people were coming up with like the building blocks to make even a technology like bitcoin possible so you know these ideas they're very they've they've come from like a long they've come Mm. a long way you know Mm. and i think just now within the context of everything I think it's kind of like, well, you know, doesn't matter like how ready they are. It's kind of like we we got to figure out how to use them and kind of get to where we ever need 
get to get to our next sort of destination. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, because I feel like the current, like you know, we were kind of t- touching on before the current. What is the economy and what is money and all that is kind of just not working for us to reach our full potential. And um, yeah, so I, like, do I think this technology is perfect? No. Like, is there probably going to be a lot of flaws? I think a lot of people will probably lose a lot of money. Some people are going to get rich. Good ideas. But I do think eventually, because it's a free market, I do think that the best ideas over, like, the next 10 years will float to the top. And the consequences of that, for me, are really exciting because I sort of think about how... You got to sort of think about how the technology that we have is funded a lot. So if you think about how a lot of, like, ideas like uber and stuff are invented usually they go to a bank to get a loan right and there's a lot of rules and stuff so the reason why i'm excited is because it it creates a new paradigm for funding good ideas potentially like and this is all i don't know man it could all just be scams i don't know um and that then could create like a new set of like let's call them silicon valley type companies that that don't have to be restricted to silicon valley if that's what it makes sense so like yeah they're, they're just some thoughts man and really i'm just like one guy who like babbles in uh in this because i find it interesting and like who am i to say what any of this it, where any of this is gonna go and i think you should you should like you should really um you should really take what i say with a grain of salt well look there's two because i i I sometimes feel like i'm a snake oil salesman when i talk about this stuff there's two if if bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general is going to reach another echelon i think it will continue to rise when i say another echelon i mean like i think there's just gonna be a breaking point where it becomes very very prominent i think to reach that point one of two things needs to happen People need to understand the technology or people need to see how flawed our current technology is, i.e. the reserve bank printing money willy nilly and fully understanding the mechanism of that, fully understanding the mechanism of that and basically going, what's our other alternative? And then cryptocurrency becomes the obvious. Anyway, so this is why I'm going to cut you off here and I'll say, when you have an incentive and when your incentive is to prefer preserve wealth for your future generation, I mean, I think you're going to learn pretty quickly. Explain. So when people want to, so like historically a lot of the reason why we've used money, right. Is like a lot of the function of it is preserving wealth and passing it on to the next generation. Right. So if you start to feel like, oh, in future generations, this is the way that uh, uh, the wealth that I'm going to be passing on to my kids and my grandkids or whatever, you're, that gives you a big incentive to work out the nuts and bolts and to work out what's going on. You know, I think when push comes to shove, I think people can re- learn really quickly when, you know, like your family depends on it essentially. And that's not me saying like, oh, we're going to go through this like financial crisis and the Australian dollar is going to be worth nothing. I, I don't think something that extreme is going to happen, but I do think that people are going to start thinking, what do I want to accumulate over the long term, and what am I going to have to pass on to my children? Is it going to be, um, you know, you know what I mean? I think that's sort of like going to change. And this is where we start to get into like, 
topics of like economics like because this is what there's one part of cryptocurrency the way i understand it is like kind of like computer science and it's like how do you implement these ideas on a technical level the other start is like the whole idea of economics and like what is an economy and all that it's a lot of it is like the study of human behavior if you think about it and like trying to like uh put like into um put into like some formal like uh explanation of why humans behave in a certain way to make assumptions about what's the most ideal way to um build an economy around and you know there's sort of like this goes into like there's two sort of schools of thought like one school of thought they call it like uh keynesianism i don't know if you've heard of that that's what a lot of like central banks follow and that's sort of like the idea that um yeah kind of like you were saying just print more money like basically a keynesian would believe that if i broke your window that's just right behind you i've done the economy a favor because that gives someone a job to fix that window um whereas the other sort of school of thought is called austrian economics and that that is a very like savings based like that's the best way i could describe um austrian economics in a nutshell and i'm no like don't 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 take my word for any of this like if anything i hope maybe you become interested in this idea maybe you got freaking google austrian economics and keynesian economics and think oh which which is which is the better way like which is the way to go so explain, so like, yeah, explain Austrian best, a bit further than just saving. Austrian economics is basically like the best way I can sum it up is like the words that come to my head is like free market. So like pretty much most people would believe that any government involvement in any market just does more harm than good. Um, uh, like, you know, free market capitalism. So people should have like, um, people should have like uh, the ability to like, you know, participate, and that kind of goes hand in hand with no government intervention. Is like uh, just let the free market decide. If there's a good idea, it'll be rewarded by the market, and um, then with the extra money they've made, they will like uh, they will reinvest it into their enterprise to further try drive down the price. And it's kind of like everyone wins type situation. And I think that you know and that sort of has been around for a long time and you know people have used gold and like if you if you look at like uh sort of uh economies that have like had a gold standard like historically um have flourished like all the way all the way back to like roman times and like this is something where you know you have to like other things you can look at which i find interesting is like architecture look at the architecture in like uh sort of that's, like you know old right. european renaissance when they're using gold they're they're thinking in the long term you know they're thinking like uh how's this going to look like a long time from now that's because they're also investing in the money they use is what they would call hard money so money that can't be just like manipulated gold just ended up being the best sort of um means for that it had the properties it was scarce um mm. and it was like easily malleable so you could chop it up like and break it into other bits if you needed to easy enough and um yeah it was hard to um you know you know the story of the alchemist if you if you know how to like if you can think about how you can um make gold out of nothing i mean that's like the 
that's the golden goose, right? And like, yeah, so like when people use like a hard money like that, they sort of think, you know, another economic word within Austrian economics, and I've sort of brought this up before, is something called low time preference. So you have a high time preference when you're thinking, what can satisfy me now? All right, I'm going to go to the shops, I'm going to buy some new device, and that will make me feel happy for a little bit, you know? Or, you know, I could, you know, buy some buy some gold or I could buy some Bitcoin or something that um, that I believe that over the long term is going to be more valuable in the future. That I believe. That's the key. That I believe. Yeah, yeah. Your well, that, that sort of comes down yeah. to this sort of like, yeah, simple sort of th- this sort of simple idea that you can sort of have that like, yeah, it's sort of like you're investing in something that's scarce. A lot of people, that's why a lot of people like Bitcoin is it's scarcity. Um, and then they sort of feel like, oh, I'll, like, I'll, I'll put away pleasures that I'll get now in, for like some sort of instant, like uh, high temp, high temp time preference. We're going to call it um, gratification, and I'll delay that, and I'll invest in in Bitcoin, and at some point in the future, I will then have gratification, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if we have a society that sort of thinks on this level, right? That sort of thinks about what what like that's thinking long term, that's thinking long long game, right? We're not going to be making, I don't know, I know a lot of the cases, like a lot of the high-rise buildings in Sydney and stuff, they're falling apart because it's just like, because, and that you could relate like possibly to our monetary system because our monetary system is all about how much of a loan can you get? How much debt can you get? Mm-hmm. Let's just build this thing up as quickly as possible. All the builders are there. They all got debts to pay off. They're just like, let's fucking just do this thing. And it's just like, of course, then with that attitude, what are you going to get? So this is why I'm kind of saying like architecture speaks a lot, right? And it's interesting to get this whole idea about architecture as well. I think an interesting place is to go to Berlin, right? Where you can see, the West's architecture and the East's architecture and how there's a different feeling of in the West and the East. Like, and the, you know, it's not to say that that's definitely going to say, oh, like the West was more like, like I'm sure the West did horrible things. We know the East did hor- horrible things there, but it's kind of like, I think that's what kind of possibly makes Berlin this special city, right? Because it was like this one place that sort of had influence from both sides. And that's why I think architecture is such like a interesting way to view. Um, you can kind of see like the values of the time that the people that they lived in, they'll express that through the buildings they made, if that makes sense. And I think that's very interesting to look at our architecture. A lot of that we find very, what we find to be trendy and nice is very bland, um, white and gray colors, right? Um, and it's not very like grandiose as much as maybe um, buildings that people were building in say like the, um, the the renaissance you know because it was a different expression wasn't it you can even see a a different culture you can even see a difference from 70s 80s maybe even 90s to some degree compared to the noughties like i remember moving into a house in western australia that had been built uh, we were the first people to live in it so i think it was about a year old and it was already starting to fall apart meanwhile you got these houses built in the 70s and they're still erect and standing strong and there's a bit of like a uniqueness to them, like in the architecture, like you won't see another house exactly like that one. Whereas there are a lot of houses now, cause I'm looking at renting a house in Melbourne with some friends and you just, it's just like a scene, one of them seen them all like kind of a modernized, 
you know, Island Kitchen and, you know, fucking, you know, the floors over here, yeah, yeah, power that- floors. And, you know, it's just like, it's so almost monotonous in a way. And it doesn't have this like character. And like some houses have characters to them mm. where, where they feel unique. I remember when I was renting in um, Perth, um, there was like these modern houses. Uh, and then for around the same price, there was this older house. And um, it was just, it just had this different vibe. And I remember we offered $60 a week over the asking price and we didn't even get a call back or like, uh, would you want to offer 80 or a hundred? They basically said no. So that told me that someone had seen that house. Like we didn't thought what a steal. And they offered like way above the market value. And this house would be like 40 or 50 years old. It was, it was an apartment actually. Whereas some of the mm. new modern ones, I think, I think it's like you say, like it's kind of now what is like, sh- like trendy. Um, but it is kind it's of just, bland. It's, it's an expression of our culture. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, it's an expression of what house. our culture, but yeah, so it's an expression of what our culture thinks is good, right? Because we went out of our way to go and build this thing in the ground and it's meant mm. to stay there for a while, right? And I'm saying there's, there's that, that's like an expression of our culture, right? And I'm saying is like what, what some of the buildings built in the Renaissance, I don't know, especially churches are really interesting things to, to look at because that's an expression of collective people's like yeah. faith, right? And like the most extreme you can take this idea is like Gaudi in Barcelona, right? Where the people who probably first started building it, they're not even going to see the end product in their lifetime. Still and that's what I mean about that's what I mean about low time preference. So, and that's why I'm so excited and so certain is because I don't know about you, but I think we are in a position now where we have to try a different paradigm. And I think this new paradigm that we try, we are going to be the ones that are going to be building, and we're not probably we might not even we might be the ones that might not see the 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 results of that. We might not live to see that, but who knows? Maybe even technology the technology that we discover in the next 40, 50 years, maybe that will mean that we'll get to live longer and maybe we will get to see some of it. But like the point is, is that maybe did I kind of explain to you maybe why I feel the certainty because I'm kind of picking up on some patterns and some cycles that have happened throughout history. Right. And I, I just kind of feel like, and this is all just a feeling. Don't like, don't like listen to me and make any investment decisions. Um, that we are on the precipice of a new cycle that's just beginning. And that that has like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different like um there's a lot of different there's a lot of different uh there's a lot of different possibilities and it's very exciting. Um but it's also in some ways very scary. And like some people that really inspire me that are really good about talking about this topic is Max Kaiser and Stacy Herbert. I like um, Max put out this tweet saying what's more scarce than Bitcoin is love. And I do believe that. And I hope that this technology will um, make us uh, better people. But who am I? Who am I to say? I don't know. Time will tell. It's going to be an interesting dance. What we both agree on here wholeheartedly is that it feels like we've seen through the veil and we've seen that this system's not working at all. And I think this temporary hold that the Australian economy has been on has caused us all to reflect on what's really important. And some of us like myself and yourself have really hit our stride and found our groove. And once you're in your groove, you know, you just, 
it's much there's more momentum behind your lifestyle a little bit but i heard stride and groove stride and groove yeah um i think once you hit your stride i think this temporary pause in the economy has afforded us a lot of people time to hit the groove some people maybe have been really struggling through this but in general i've been really grooving through this because it's given me time to work full-time on what i love and when you hit that groove, there's like a momentum that builds. And this momentum is what I'm interested in because if a critical mass of people hit this momentum and are doing what they love, if we find a way to support each other to do what we love, we create a new collaborative coexisting economy that is far more livelier and fruitful than the one that currently has an incredible amount of wealth disparity. And when we look at into like government intervention and the way that money's printed and things like that, we start to see that there is this bias and we're starting to ask questions of how can we create a system with a more holistic, more powerful structure to the one that we have currently. And when you start to ask those questions, magic starts to unfold and we are on the cusp of a great era is what it feels like to me. And judging by what I've been hearing you speak the last hour, Nicola, what it feels like to you as well. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Hey, I, and I don't know where it's all going. Hey, but, um, you know, I, I'm excited because I, I feel like, yeah, look, I don't think that like, yeah, it's kind of like we always keep coming back to this, like talking about this, whatever we're going to call it, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. And I think the reason that it's so exciting is because, yeah, like you were saying, I, f- I see that as an end goal as well, allowing more people in the world to participate. I mean, for all we know, maybe there's like a freaking mind that's just intelligent as Nikola Tesla that just happened to be born in like some third world country right now where there's like, I don't know, like not access to, um, not, not, not access to like the requirements like that mind would need to grow into to grow into a person that can um allow humanity to you know like leap off their mind you know push humanity further along you know into places that we can't imagine um yeah and ultimately that's what i feel like the the power of this technology um is is that it can um you know give these allow more places in the world the i think the early adopters the places that adopt uh bitcoin first are kind of like going to be first in in the race kind of like the analogy i was using about like how like kalgoorlie if you go visit like this town in western australia kalgoorlie i've never actually been there but i've just seen photos and like um i know that the gold mine there would have a big impact and this is relating it back to architecture in the architecture in that town compared to a lot of the other towns um in 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 western australia um, I think it would be if you looked at, for example, the um, maybe like, I don't know, the bank in Kalgoorlie, whatever the building looks like compared to the building of a bank in another small country town. My guess is the Kalgoorlie one would look a little bit more grandiose because it was closer to what I'm going to call the source, right? The gold mine, whatever. And now I kind of see that, you know, for me, a lot of people describe Bitcoin as gold 2.0 and gold digital gold. So the only real difference that Bitcoin has over normal gold is, um, is that you can send it over the internet, right? 
Um, and I think now that sort of gives anyone, any, any town, any place that decides to um, be sort of like a hub um, can potentially, <laughs> that doesn't look very grandiose. Potentially like take advantage of being like the hub of the, um, of the exchange of ideas. Right. Um, because that's sort of like the physical place that uh, does it, right? Sort of like how Hong Kong and Singapore became these trade hubs for, for goods and they had a free market, um, free market, uh, a free market where people would come and go and they wouldn't tax people. I think now the future is, is the places that allow ideas to just be exchanged freely without policing what ideas are ex- acceptable or not are going to be the ones that flourish. Yeah, well, because of the power of the internet, you know, rent has almost become obsolete. Like we, for a lot of um, innovative companies, we don't even need office space anymore. And and it really is just allowing the flow of these ideas to carry itself out into fruition, into manifestation. And, it's, and you know, whether it's in the form of media like this or if it's the form of a company, um, the way that ideas are being spread and the way that things are coming to fruition and being manifested is ever-evolving and is changing at the moment. And um, we don't know what that looks like. We have ideas. We don't know where that's going to go. And that's what makes this moment so filled with possibility and excitement and anticipation. And I guess it's our jobs as commentators to speculate and to theorise of some of these ways forward. But also through doing so, you're actually creating those realities as well. Um, So it's almost like this is like a sci-fi imaginary think tank discussion where the new ideas are getting built like i for one i think we should often seek to build that which we have a demand for but there is no content or production of that thing yet so i'm wanting to understand you see a lot of this information in very conspiratorial derisory documentaries derisory towards the government but i want to just see factually what is happening with money how it's getting printed and what is happening with all these networks what is creating this imbalance and whether there is an alternative that is going to be more proficient for everyone i'm definitely in a holistic mindset of what system what infrastructure can we create that will benefit the collective rather than just this like unbalanced scale where there's like a few people. Sounds like you're describing communism to me. Like, am that's I, in, am I misunderstanding you? That's See? interesting. Yeah, and I, I, you I, say I, that yeah, yeah. Because that is like not where I'm going with it, but I can imagine how people would, cause I don't think we're really in capitalism at all. I, I think we're in the, we're under the guise of capitalism. Some people describe it as crony capitalism. I think we're in faux, faux democracy would be the other way I would, um, that's why South Park illustrated it so well when they said you have a choice between a giant douche and a turd sandwich. Is that really yeah, democracy? Are you talking like, about Trump and Joe Biden? Or? Yeah, well, you get a choice between <laughs> two dickheads. No disrespect to them, but I, I'm being a bit playful and I'm not calling them dickheads. Deep yeah, down, yeah. But like, just, you know. And re- just, and really, we're not really a too much of a political podcast, but we do sort no. of like tend to. We don't, we're not afraid of throwing those words out there, put it that way. Like. Nah, I'm just saying on your Trump, you know, if you ever want to come on the show and have a chat with us. And <laughs> yeah. 
Fuck feel, yeah. feel, feel free to do that. We'll uh, have, have some interesting questions lined up for you, most certainly. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll find a way to reach us. I mean, I was just thinking about it. We haven't even made like a podcast email address. But we don't have like, an Instagram you know, channel. Call up yet, the yeah. NSA or whatever and just like, I don't know. You'll, you'll find, find us. You'll find us. We're, we're <laughs> pretty vocal. One of us is in Perth. Oh, one of us is in Melbourne. Yeah. Which, which one? Pretty transparent with things. Yeah. <laughs> No, so funny. Hey, like, we've gone past an hour this is, oh, um, wow. this is a little bit we're in uncharted territory aren't we like because normally we like to keep things on an hour Trim. this yeah. is also an unusual day for for for, for a podcast recording i mean a monday we usually like to do it to, towards the end of the week so you know i think this is this is like a special this is like a special episode and um and i think uh, a lot of the like a reoccurring theme has been like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency self-help and like, I don't even know what else like to, to add to that, but I feel like, um, yeah, the, the point that, that we're trying to make is, is like, uh, you know, we want to, we want to make our lives better. And like you, you were kind of like talking about like, is, is there a system that like we can follow that will make everyone's lives better? And I, I don't know. I think people have sort of like that. That's, that's a really nice idea. Right. And, and, and like, it sounds very, um, sounds very nice. Right. But I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying. I think ultimately, I think we, I think we fail if we put ourselves below some sort of collective or greater good. And I think history showed us that. And I think, I think why I'm so excited about this technology is the power that it gives to an individual who wants to say, think saying like, Oh, I want to opt out of my, I feel like my government's tyrannical. I want to opt out. Okay. Maybe you can use Bitcoin to opt out. I don't know. Um, or maybe you can speculate on a bunch of other currencies and make money. I don't know. You might make money. You might, you know, that money might attract other problems for you. I, I, I don't know, but it's all like we're, we're at the point now where the reason why I'm excited is, Basically, the word that gets thrown around is permissionless. I'm, I'm excited that now ideas have potential to grow that a lot of the time, if they were in a bank boardroom or say a big, I don't know, company boardroom, they would say, no, that idea is unacceptable. Well, now I'm seeing a new avenue, a new avenue for ideas to grow and, and flourish that is out side of the constraints of what I and see you might be listening to this and you might say hey Nick I I work for a bank or something and like I think you know fuck we're doing great like we're putting out these new products and like we've made these apps way easier like you probably noticed that your banking app is now way more better than it used to be I mean yeah like cool right you keep going on with that the thing that I'm excited about is like what I was sort of saying is if like you wanted to, for some reason, like, I don't know, there was some like sound engineer in Senegal who was really good and you like wanted him to um, do something for your movie, but you know, you, you, you know, you want to pay him for what he's worth, you know, for his time, you know, you can do that. And to Mm. me, it's like those sort of network effects of those sort of like things that to me thinks by accident that will allow us to have some beautiful accidents. And I think maybe that's what we can call this episode, a beautiful accident. Cause we didn't plan to have this today. Yeah, that's right. I love the way that money can travel so fluidly through Bitcoin with such minimal transaction fees. 
um, and it does kind of just interconnect us even more through this global mycelium network that we call the internet. So that's another example of potentiality for this technology. And yeah, um, I like the word mycelium. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, the parallels of, of the mm. networks of that world and, and this internet world that we're building do seem to be quite staggering. Yeah, and for me, I think it, it, it sort of just creates this new sort of like, you know, it's like I think anyway, part of like why I'm so excited is is I think like certain people obviously, like I was saying, are going to choose to maybe jump down. When we, we can call it the Bitcoin rabbit hole. We can call it whatever, the cryptocurrency rabbit hole. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell people like I know what, like what's going to happen. Like, but I, I feel pretty confident. And this is like something that I've, I've tried my best to try and explain to you that Bitcoin is going to be around for a while. So as someone who's maybe new to the market, I recommend, yeah, hey, instead of spending all this time reading about all this stuff, you know, you can just buy some Bitcoin and like put it away for the future and not worry and not stress about this sort of stuff too much. I think that's a great start. But I think what that like, you know, I think that's sort of like how people will come in. And I think that then once they get comfortable with Bitcoin, they're going to start thinking and questioning more. They're going to start thinking like even asking questions like why do i have to pay my taxes like how how would that work in a bitcoin world i mean i know that's like a real absurd thing to to say but like you know that's a pretty fundamental thing right because um yeah that sort of um that 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 sort of affects um a lot of things right and that's a pretty like crazy question to ask, right? Like, why do I have to pay my taxes? I mean, why do you have to pay your taxes if the government can print more money? Is it just to keep up some sort of illusion that like, uh, I don't know, they like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the thing that I'm trying to get to, um, I, I don't know, you know? And it's like, I think it's like, in some ways I, I describe it as it's definitely like something uh, that's up, it's like Bitcoin, and this is another thing why I like listening to Max Kaiser talk about Bitcoin. He's been talking about it for a long time, and he he likes to compare it as like uh, the Bitcoin protocol is merging with our um, uh, collective subconscious. Mm. Yeah, and it's kind of like we all it's all it's been around for a while. Everyone's heard about it, and um, it's still there. And I think you know this energy outburst. I've been using that as a description. When that occurs, it just outbursts and people just tend to go with it. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I don't know where that's going to end up. And like I was saying, I think a lot of people, like, it's probably going to end badly for some people, you know? Like, that's what I'm telling you. kind of saying, you choose which emotions you want to focus on. You can focus on greed and you can start thinking, oh, I want to make millions of dollars off these coins and see how much money I can... Um, you know, maybe you want to think I can scam other people who are getting involved or you can think, oh, how can I help people? How can I contribute? There's like, there's all these different ways you can think. And like, I, I kind of, the reason why I'm kind of excited is because I kind of think, wow, it's so early. A lot of people are unsure. Maybe I can help some people come on board because I think, uh, we we need more people and it kind of comes back to what i was saying i think i think we can use this stuff to to break through into a new renaissance era where 
we're building really cool stuff that we could potentially make our great grandchildren proud of. And I think that's something cool worth exploring. But we'll see. We'll see what everyone else thinks. I mean, you know, I will tell. I have this. Yeah. There's, there's this strength I've, to the idea where it's holding its own, it's held its own, it's fluctuated. You know, it even fluctuates day to day quite dramatically, but it has steadily increased on the whole for the last 12 years. It is you know, and in some cases rapidly increased as well. So it's And that's what I'm saying. I mean, I've used a lot of this to say like uh, a lot of a lot of the current banking system is what funds the ideas that a lot of these ideas are built on for like Silicon Valley and stuff and this software that then gets exported to the rest of the world, right? But you could draw the same power, power, parallel for Hollywood, right? Um, a lot of the funding comes from these big banks and a lot of them a lot of movies like the finances are looking like, is this going to make me money? You know, and we can kind of see like a movies are also, you know, we kind of touched on this as like, I was sort of talking about how architecture is an expression of a, of a certain time. I think you sort of touched on that with French new wave cinema. And um, I think movies are also expression of our time. I mean, you see a lot of these new movies are coming out very politically correct and it's almost like there's no substance isn't there um anymore and it's kind of like uh you know we we kind of want to go to the movie to i don't know why you could probably answer this better than me um and i think you know maybe if like the financiers were maybe bitcoiners or whatever maybe and they're the people you were going to pitch your movie to mm-hmm. um maybe you know we would start seeing very different cinema. I don't know, but I don't know if maybe that helped explain my excitement a little bit better. Interesting thought. Yeah. Um, You know, I think we can go deeper and we will in the coming episodes. I think we're unlocking so many categories in this game, in this big game, in this web of interconnected ideas that is the landscape that we're living in currently and it is invariably an evolving landscape um and i think we'll comb through things such as like cryptography um you know we've already touched on crypto but the actual encryption <laughs> Crypt- and the power behind crypto the- is different to cryptography right like yes. a lot of people say crypto and they sort of mean like this well these type of money right exactly and then, like you know it's uh, it lost its association to cryptography which is like it's the yeah, technology behind the technology. It's, yeah, kind of, it, yeah. It's kind of like the foundation. It's kind of like the science that enabled, like, and then like, cryptography is based on maths a lot. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Hyper that's advanced. kind of like the, found, the foundation for, for this. But, yeah, I feel like potentially a lot of that stuff, you know, I always think a good idea, you can always sum it up pretty easily. Yes. And like, uh, yeah, yeah. And, um you know, it's kind of like computers and stuff were pretty like uh, complex, but then eventually they got to the point where it's an iPad or whatever, and your mum can just like swipe a thing and press yes. a button and off yes. it goes. But like in the nineties, it was like um, whatever. Like it was really complex. It required probably a lot more knowledge, right? And I think that was like uh, potentially the same case with um, with this cryptocurrency technology. Mm. But like the reason why I feel like this technology can take off so quickly is because ideas have never spread spread quicker than ever but i just think because there's an incentive there there's an incentive structure built into a lot of these things where you know it may be in your best interest to learn 
some of this and uh you know i think you know human beings you know it's just that greed factor in human beings that i was saying that's like naturally built into this technology because it is money and because the way us humans uh behave around money um that is just like a natural driver um and and that 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 is like a factor in this new technology that i think will has the potential to push it further um because yeah like you were saying at the end of the day like you know we've kind of like done our best here to describe what we think is money but i think the the, the book is still open and it's this is just our best take on it mm-hmm. um and i've probably said a lot of things are wrong like the stuff that i've talked about today um so t- like i was saying definitely take it with a grain of salt and if anything, I hope it just gives you something to think about, something to add into that stew of ideas in your head and potentially enable some people to plant some seeds. That's that's where we'll end it today. I think that's a good spot to kind of, you know, land back on the launch pad before we take off next time on even further yeah, cool. uncharted depths. All right. Thanks for tuning Sounds in. Sounds good. Drive fast and take chances. <laughs>